We're going to glorify Him with His Word. We've glorified Him with our worship. We've glorified Him with our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, just for uh, testimony purposes, um, who got free during worship and praise tonight? Look around and see those hands up. Come on now. We serve a living God. Come on now. We serve, we serve the only God that is living, that is true. Amen? Um, oh, thanks, man. Um, th this is pretty funny because I was actually going to ask if there was tissue. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this message without crying. Um, and I know I'm kind of sensitive anyways, but I, I'm, I'm really sensitive since, since Africa. I'm sensitive to the cold. I'm sensitive when I got dressed tonight and I was looking in my closet and I looked at a flannel shirt and I went, man, I've got to have some sun. So I wore this. <laughs> and then I saw Pastor Doug all cuddled up in a sweater and a shirt underneath. <laughs> well, you know, if you were here Sunday, you heard Pastor, Pastor Doug give an amazing word, a timely message for, for the body of Christ. Um, and if you weren't here Sunday, Pastor, Pastor Mark and his family is off getting refreshed. Thank you, Jesus. And they will be back the, um, this Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Um, we're blessed to have them, aren't we? Amen. Um, well, um, I don't know if I'm going to stand up or sit down. Um, we'll see. We'll see if I'm going to stand up or sit down. I, I can't help but say that. And I think about high school basketball of cheer. And I wasn't a cheerleader. I was a basketball player. Let's get that straight right now. But my beautiful wife was a cheerleader and it was like, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. And, uh, so I kind of just got sidetracked there a little bit. <laughs> Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, thank you so much. God, you're always with us. You always, you're always with us. Thank you for the freedom. Man. Thank you, Jesus, for your name. Holy Spirit, you continue to be number one here. Let me hear you clearly see, see where you want this to go. Clearly. Use my mouth to speak whatever needs to be spoken. Open up the ears to hear what you need to be heard. And Jesus, it's all about you. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Well, um, you know, we, we, we went to Africa for a total of, I don't know, 14 days or something like that with spending four days on flights there and back and um, spent nine days in country. And uh, I believe everybody that went got changed, including myself, uh, drastically. And, um, and I learned a few things while I was there. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we had a saying in police work that if you knew everything, then it was a day, day for you to retire, day to get out. So thank you, Jesus. I don't have to retire from this because I don't know everything. Um, I, I learned a lot. One of the things I want to I talk to you about tonight, um, I, know that, I know that it's going to help you. Um, and it's gonna, it, it helped me and it's helping me. It's always helped me, to be honest. Uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce somebody to you. Um, and tell you a few stories. Um, I like telling stories, Sean. I like telling stories. 
Stories are good. Um, so as I learned how to use this tablet that keeps on locking up on me, probably could change the settings. Um, you know, I, I have this friend and, uh, and he and I have known each other for, for quite a few years. And you know, in any type of relationship that you, that you start growing in, you start learning about one another and you start learning about what they like, what they don't like, what, what they start learning about you as well. And you start sharing things with them. And uh, so I was having, having lunch one day with this friend of mine and I was sharing with him and I said, hey man, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Africa. And, and the friend was like, yeah, I know. I'm going with you. And I'm like, oh, that's right, man. That's right. Sorry. Space that out a little bit, but that's right. I remember. Yeah, now I remember. And so, you know, we go to Africa and, and we're sharing things and, and so forth. And we share other things while we're there in Africa together. And uh, it's tripping me out. And, uh, you know, we've gone golfing before and, I, and, and we start looking back and uh, I start looking back in our friendship and I'm like, man, we've been golfing together. And I told you this story and you knew. You said you knew and I was like, well, how, how, did you, how, did you, how did you know that? Um, it just doesn't seem like you should know that. I don't, I don't ever remember telling you. And, and he says, yeah, you told me. And I thought, well, man, I talk a lot. <laughs> so I just don't remember telling him this story. And uh, as we were golfing, the story went like this. Hey, man, I'm thinking about leaving my job. God's, God's telling me to leave my job. And I'm terrified. I'm the man of the house. And if I, if I make the wrong decision, I have my wife and kids that I'm, that I'm responsible for. And my friend says, dude, it's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. And you know, when he said that to me, I was, I don't know if I was offended or like, you got to be kidding me. How do you know? And, and the actual last part of that came out. <laughs> I was, it came out and he says, well, I know. I left where I was and I, and I came here, didn't I? And I thought, yeah, that is, that is true. You did, you did the same thing, didn't you? Okay, you got me. You know, in his experience of leaving where he, where he was and when he came here, through his experience, gave confidence to me. It gave confidence to me. My friendship and my friend gave confidence to me that everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be fine with your family, Bill. I'm telling you, everything's going to be fine. Well, okay. I'm glad you have the confidence. You know, you already walked through that. I haven't walked through that yet. And uh, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. That's a good friendship right there. It's good to have friends, you know. And uh, as we continue to have, have conversations and continue to get to know each other, um, you know, you always sit back and go, well, you know this? And they share things with you and you're like, wow, I didn't know that about you. Wow, I never knew that about you. And so then I, I shared something and I said, you know, and this is, everyone here has probably done this with their friendships and with their friends and, and coworkers even. I said, man, you wouldn't believe how I met my wife. We grew up on the same street. And we were probably, I think I was in second grade when I moved on 
um, to the street that she grew up on and that we grew up on. And, uh, and I, knew who she, I knew who she was and so forth. And um, I moved away uh, going into fifth grade. Um, didn't get to know her again until junior high or high school. And so I'm telling this to my friend, and I'm like, you know, in high school, she was a cheerleader. I was a basketball player and, you know, might have dove for a loose ball here and there and landed on top of her, you know, in the, in the stands. Um, you can't plan stuff like that, Mickey. You know, come on. You know, the ball, the ball happened to be there, and we had a coach. I played for a coach that was like Bobby Knight. And I'm not kidding you by that, Bobby Knight. Um, I've been hit in the face with a basketball by that man, thrown against a wall, and all deserved it, too. Like, every single time I deserved it. Um, yeah, I could tell you some things. He'd probably get in trouble for it still. Um, so maybe when he passes away, I'll tell you those stories. Um, and anyways, we go, we, we're playing an away game, and we come back, and, and he was my English teacher as well. And so we're sitting in his classroom, and we're kind of watching the ending of the game film, because um, I had a few questions about something that happened. And um, we end up walking out. Jen and a, another one of her cheerleader friends was in there. Um, and then we end up walking out, and her and her friends are, her and her friend are I don't know, from here to the cameraman uh, in front of us. And I'll never forget this. Guy's not saved. Definitely not even remotely close to a Christian at this time. I don't know if he is now, but definitely not then. And we're walking out, and he, <laughs> he points to Jen. He goes, whatever man is going to marry her is going to be the luckiest dude in the world. She's going to keep getting prettier and prettier. She's one of those girls that's going to keep getting prettier and prettier. And when he said that, I was like, I better listen to this dude. <laughs> and, uh, and so 20, 20 years later, Thank you, Jesus, with two beautiful daughters, um, married to my beautiful wife. And, and so I was explaining this to my friend. Um, I didn't plan on sharing all that, but it is Valentine's Day, Taylor. And um, <laughs> as, you go into your, as you go into your second year of marriage, just remember that. Um, and so I was talking about it, and, and, and my friend says, yeah, I know that story. Yeah, Doug, I do. I talk a lot. So my friend knows that story. I mean, we've played a lot of golf together. So we've had a lot of times, about four and a half hours, of, maybe two, three times a week, um, playing golf together and share a lot of stories and laugh at each other and um, so forth. And, and so I'm sitting here and I'm like, is he just saying, I have this old saying that I got from high school, the book Huckleberry Finn. Anybody read that book? Well, Huck Finn used to have a thing that he would do to his, do to his friend. In fact, anybody that would talk to him, and if they, he kind of got bored with him, they'd be talking, and he'd just like, uh-huh, yeah, because he didn't really want to listen to him anymore. And so ever since my, my junior year, senior year, sophomore year, whenever I read that, I've always called that Huck Finning. I'm gonna, you're getting Huck Finned right now. And, or I'll say, hey, don't Huck Finn me. Would you pay attention to me? I'm really needing this question answered. And, uh, and the person's like, it's an easy question. It's, it, the answer's four. It's two plus two. And uh, so I'm thinking, man, is my friend Huck Finning me, Mac? Like, is he just saying he knows these stories because he just doesn't want to listen to me anymore? Probably like some of you right now, Huck Finning me, um, most likely. Um, there's a reason I look in the back row. I used to sit in the back row right over there. Fourth row up, about five seats in from the, from the aisle, from the outside wall. And uh, so I know about Huck Finning. And, uh, 
So I was like, well, okay, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to tell him about this time I was a police officer. I'm going to tell him this story. And we were going to a code. Uh, code means lights and sirens. It was a burglary in progress. It's a fun call. I had my canine in the back, so I was... Now remember, I'm a pastor now, so, but I'm still telling the story from when I had the mentality of, a, of an officer. So please have grace upon me <laughs> a lot. And so I had this, this land shark, as we call him, in my back seat. And, um, you know, we want to protect and serve, and we want to make sure people are safe, and we want to make sure officers are safe. So obviously, I want to use the land shark. And so I'm... I'm flying out to the airport off the airport way to get to this burglary in progress because I can't wait to get the, you know, the land shark out and let him play tug of war. And, um, and you know, it's kind of fun. And so I'm flying out there and, and happens to be my lieutenant. My canine lieutenant meets me out there. So it's, it's he and I on this call and the front windows are smashed out and, you know, we probably should have waited till everything was surrounded and contained. But he was an old canine officer too. And so, Thomas, get the dog out. Absolutely, LT. So pop the door. Here comes Diesel. He comes up to my side, and, and we're working our way up to this, to this building. And we throw down a blanket, and we let Diesel go through the broken glass. And, and he goes in. He searches. He searches. Nothing. We go in. Uh, we do a secondary search with him room by room. And, and no one's there. So that was a letdown. And the only reason I say it was a letdown because now we don't know who did it. You guys are horrible thinking I wanted somebody to get bit. <laughs> Seriously, you guys need to get saved because that was not the purpose of my sadness. It was that we didn't know who was going to pay the restitution and these two huge windows getting fixed. And Diesel was a little upset too. And, uh, and so we're out there at this call and you know I put Diesel back in and he's back in the back seat and he's still pacing back and forth a little upset. And um, they're not your typical average, like, house dog. They're very high strung. Um, I don't know how I would even phrase them. They're like Mike Tyson. Um, they bite ears. And, uh, and so we're standing back out there, and the lieutenant and I are standing there talking, and we're chit-chatting. And uh, we, t- we tell all the other, like, 30-so officers, hey, it's code four. Go back to your old calls and take your reports, and, and we're going to take this report. And we're waiting for the business owner to show up to see how he wanted to secure his business. And so we're sitting there talking or standing there talking outside like everything's fine. I mean, we didn't have donuts and coffees in our hands, but that's pretty much what we looked like. And um, so as we're standing there, I don't know if I actually have ever told this story to Jen. So I'm sorry. But I'm not in that career anymore. So we're standing there, and all of a sudden, I hear a very distinct sound that I will never forget in the day of my life, ever. And there, there became a range of emotions through this very distinct sound. There became this high-pitched whistle, and there's a pop. I mean, it's a snap. And I remember moving my head, and I look at Lieutenant, and he has this giggle on his face, and he starts giggling. And he goes, hey, we need to go get cover. Somebody's shooting at us. And, and he's laughing. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean someone's shooting at us? Like, are you kidding me? And so now we have about 80-something officers coming from Boise, Meridian, and Ada County to start searching the area because we're also near the airport. So who's out there with a rifle shooting at two cops out by the airport? This could, this could pose some dangers, right? 
And so um, we go into the building and hide like any too strong, <laughs> masculine male cops would do. And we hid behind a counter and just sat there. And uh, we let the other 80-something officers try to find this, this, this person and so forth. And, you know, I'll never forget that sound. It's, uh, has anybody ever been shot at in this, in this room, auditorium? It, it's a distinct sound, isn't it, guys and gals? It's, I mean, it's a, it's a sound. And uh, so I tell this story to my buddy, and, and he goes, yeah, I know I was there. And I was like, well, yeah, you probably were. I mean, there was like 80-something of us. Like, probably was. And uh, so I was like, wow, I didn't know you were there. But I, then again, I was hiding behind a counter. So hard for me to tell who actually showed up on scene, right? And so it goes on, and, and we continue to get to know each other. And, uh, you know, he ends up telling me a few more stories. And I'm like, yeah, well, I can beat that. You know, anytime you have a good, good masculine friend, my golf shot's better than your golf shot. And the only person you can't say that to is Wade. Now, I wasn't going to tell this story, but it, it, we're playing golf one day. One day. And I hit a beautiful golf shot. Beautiful. And so good that I'm like, dude, that's going to go in. That's going to go in. And it's a par three, and it hits the green, spins. From my recollection, Wade can correct me, but from my recollection, ball hits pin and bounces out. Yeah bounces out. And I'm just like, you, I mean, I dropped my club and everything. I'm like, I'm getting ready for a victory dance and we're done at hole 14. I'm done calling it a day. I'm going in and, uh, drop the club. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And Wade's super sad for me. Almost. <laughs> He's laughing. And then he, he gets up and, and he swings away. And from my recollection, Wade can correct me. I'll give you a microphone. It's the ugliest shot I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's like, doesn't go up nice and pretty. It's a lower trajectory. It hits the side of this hill on the green, spins right, and goes in the hole. <laughs> and we're both celebrating. I mean, if there was anybody on the side of these houses watching us two dance like girls... I mean, it was like junior high girls in the dance recital. We were, we high five, chest bumped, hugged each other. And uh, I don't know why I told that story. I have no clue, Wade, but that's his second hole in one. Yep, I got robbed. He got one. Whatever. And uh, so, so I'm, I'm talking to this friend of mine, this buddy of mine. And uh, I was like, you know, not very many people know this story about me at all, like hardly at all. My mom's told me the story, and I've never really shared with too many people. But when I was, she was pregnant with me um, and getting ready to give birth, I don't know the whole detail, because like me hiding behind the counter, I was inside my mom's stomach, so I don't really know the full detail. Um, as she was getting close to give birth to me, she was at the hospital, and, and however they tell, back in the olden days... Um, when she was pregnant with me, they could tell either by my heart rate or whatever, but, uh, and then, what's the thing they do? You're, you're a nurse. Look at me, ultrasound. I look like PJ when I'm like, you get it? Um, but ultrasound, and I'm hungry. And uh, so they do an ultrasound, and I guess they could tell that the, the, my umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck, and that's why my heart rate dropped, and, and basically I was suffocating. 
Um, and I don't know how all that happens. I have no clue, but thank God I'm here. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, man, I guess I almost died in my mom's womb. Can you top that? Like the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. What do you got? Now, thank God it wasn't Wade, because he probably could have been like, it happened twice to me. Um, uh, I don't even want to go into his office and see two framed golf balls of hole-in-one, hole-in-one. God bless him. So, so I say this, and, and you know, my mom, you know, they got rushed in and, and had to give a C-section, and, and the umbilical cord was, wasn't actually wrapped around my neck any longer. And uh, so, you know, it goes on and goes on, and, and he says, well, let me tell you something that I've done. And I'm like, okay. I mean, who, let me ask this. Who here has that friend that always can one-up you? I have that friend. I'm telling you about that friend right now. That friend's not in here. I don't think. I hope not. He hasn't gotten up yet. Um, so I have that friend. So some of you know that guy or that girl. I always call him that guy. He's that guy. And so uh, he starts telling me a couple of his stories. And I'm like, no way. Yeah, that's better. This friend of mine was walking along, he tells me. So he tells me. He's walking along and he gets hungry. And now when I get hungry, I get a little hangry. If I don't get food in a certain amount of time, I get a little hangry. I want food and then I want food now. Sometimes if it's too late, I'm like, I'm going to drive through. Like I'm not willing to wait 20 minutes for something. And uh, so he's telling me that he's walking along and, and he sees this fig tree. And it's not producing food. So he curses it. And the fig tree dies. I went, hmm. That's a cool story. He said, you know, let me tell you something else I know about you. <sighs> let me just get a couple of these, because here it comes. You know that time that you were telling me about that you had that bullet whiz past your head? I said, yeah. And he goes, I was there. I told you I was there. You doubted me. I was the one that kept you safe. You know that umbilical cord story? I was the one that unwrapped it. You know that time you went to Africa? I was with you. You know that time you were scared in bed from that demon waking you up, telling you that your dad wasn't saved? It was all a hoax to your mom. I was there with you. Guys, I have a friend, and I don't mean it to sound pretty anymore. I don't mean it to even sound pretty at all. But I have a friend, and his name's Jesus. He's the best friend I've ever had. He's probably the best friend I will ever have. I'm sorry, Wade. Because I know when I get my hole in one, Jesus will be like, I helped you. Not, I got my own. Get your own. Follow me as I follow Christ. Shh, Wade, two hole-in-ones. I just want one, Mac. <laughs> just want one. But you know, we, we sang that song. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Guys, do we really know? I'm, 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 
I wouldn't be talking about this if I didn't think and if I didn't know by Holy Spirit that there's some of us that just sit there and play this thing, this relationship game with Jesus that's like, yeah, we're saved. Yeah, he's my friend, Doug. Yeah, I, I got a friend in Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna sing that song. We got, I got a friend in Jesus. Carry all your burdens to him. Carry all your burdens to him. But yet we don't do it. Yet we don't do it. When something goes wrong, guess what we don't do? We actually don't go to Jesus. And I do most of the counseling. Pastor Doug and I seem to do most of the counseling. Um, yeah, clap, Mac. That's like, now you're like Wade. <laughs> and so, and, so um, and that's okay. It, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. That's the, we're supposed to be building up the saints. We're supposed to be teaching one another. And believe me, sometimes I think I learn more from counseling than the people that come in. I, I have to apologize to them sometimes. I'm like, wow, I think you taught me something. And, uh, but what, I'm, what I say all that to say this, you're coming to me. Why? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm not called, I'm not anointed. Um, yeah, for some reason I seem to have God, I don't know why, Doug. I always come back to you to ask. But I don't know why. God has seemed to bless me for either A, seeing through people's junk, their lies, keeping them accountable because they don't, say, they don't do what they actually say they'll do. Just like this. Jesus, you're my best friend. And they go out and tell everyone that Jesus is their best friend. But then over here, Pastor Doug talked on this on Sunday, over here with this other half of their body is outside the church acting a fool, dragging Jesus' name through the mud, and then dragging my name through the mud because I wear the same badge that Jesus wore. I think of it the same way as law enforcement. I was not going to shame that badge because people died for it. People died to wear that badge. People died for friends or for people they never knew. So people that shame the badge, as far as I'm concerned, go to prison. Carry out your jail sentence. Pay your penance. I don't care, but you tarnish the badge that people died for, that I've been shot at. So that lifestyle of, oh, hey, I've got problems, I've got problems, I've got problems, I've got problems. Jesus is my best friend. I tell him everything. Oh, he guides me. He teaches me. Hey, can you come pick me up? I'm really drunk. What are you doing drinking? See, flirting. You know, the Bible actually gives us some verses about that. Gives us some verses if you're friends with the world, you're an enemy of God. That's heavy. That is a legit verse, guys. If you're friends with the world. Now, we could just transfer that. I'll, I'll, I'll give it in bill terms. If you're friends with sin, you're an enemy of God. Because the world is sin. Who are you friends with? See, the Bible, and my mom used to teach me this all the time. God bless her. She chose a lot of my friends. Mm. I would have had a lot of fun if she wouldn't have chose some of my friends. 
a lot. They tend to have a lot of fun while I couldn't go. But they all got put in, well, most of them got put in jail. One, <laughs> one got cut across the legs with barbed wire because he was running from the police one time. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't running because I didn't do anything wrong, so I sat there. Um, and they let me go. Um, but my mom always said, hey, who you hang out with is who you'll become. What is it? Bad company disrupts good morals, right? Jesus is, the Bible has given us such good direction on this. Hey, are you friends with the world? And if you are, you're now an enemy of mine. That's strong. It didn't say like, oh, hey, I don't know you. Because like, I don't know a lot of people. Like in police work, I don't know everybody in Boise. I didn't know everybody in Boise. But there were certain people I knew in Boise by name and address and car and where they hid their dope. And, and, and that was something I was good at. I was good at faces. I was good at names, addresses, and cars. And it helped me out a ton. They were my enemy. And it went, would go something like this. Hey, John Doe, I've got you with some meth. Now, there's a minimum mandatory for meth. I'm going to try to help you out because I think you're kind of a good person. And I don't know them. However, you're going to have to do something for me. Like, where do you get your meth from? And would you be willing to buy for us? No? Cool. All right. I don't have any issues with that. Click, click, click. 20-minute drive to the jail, 45-minute write the report, back out on the street doing the same thing. But I always gave them an opportunity. The ones that didn't want to cooperate became enemy. Became my enemy. And I looked at it like this. If you don't want to help clean up the drug problem, then you are the problem. And I'm going to absolutely terrorize your life 40 to 50 hours a week that I work until hopefully you change your behavior and help us get the drugs off the street so my kids don't get offered it by somebody and your kids don't get offered it by somebody. That's an enemy. Think about that from God's perspective. If you're friends with the world, you're my enemy. As I was preparing for this message and I read that, I got stuck on that for so long, I'm like, I don't know how to teach this message. I don't know how to teach this message. But I'm not going to leave off on that message because that would kind of be a downer, wouldn't it? I mean, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep at night and I don't want that. But here's what I do know. We have a choice to be a friend with Jesus, right? So in Proverbs 18.24, let's open up there and we're almost done. Anytime, anytime a preacher says we're almost done, how much time do we have left when a preacher says that, Pastor Doug? 20 more minutes? Teacher said so. 1824 says this in the Passion Translation. Some friendships don't last for long, but there is one loving friend who is joined to your heart closer than any other. Woo! He's closer than any other. Another version will say that he's closer than a brother closer than a brother. I'm good friends with my brother. 
Let's read John 15, 12. Passion translation. So this, I, this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. Now remember that. That's verse 14. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friend. For I reveal to you everything that I have ever heard my father say. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen you. And Oh, I love this. I mean, this is just after me. I think he wrote this for me, so just know it was for me. But I have chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to be fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of the Father, for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command, guys. This is it. If we do this very thing, if we do this very thing, my man, we're now friends with Jesus. Love one another deeply. Love one another deeply. While we were in Africa, um, I, learned, I learned more about love. It seems like I learn more about love each time I go there. Um, it seems like he peels back a little bit more revelation of what love is and what love looks like. And um, we're supposed to love one another deeply. Not like a surface love. Now, now this I'm talking about a, a, a friend that actually is like in the flesh and, and I've given him a hard time. I've given Wade a hard time. But as we were in Africa one time, this last trip, we were eating some food and, and I don't know what type of food it was, but it was, from what I remember, it was pretty good food. Miss Rose knows how to cook. And some, some was dripping and I felt it dripping through my beard and I didn't want it to get on my clothes. And I kind of leaned forward and there was a group of us a team there, and we got made fun of, and we got laughed at, and that's okay, but I was loved deeply, and here's what I mean by that. Wade reaches over. He's laughing. I don't even have to look at him right now. He's giggling. He reaches over with a napkin. I hope a clean one. I didn't ask. That's disgusting now that I think about it. <laughs> Gently used. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I should have known that with two hole-in-ones and laughing at mine not making it. Um, he didn't do that. He reaches over and he cleans that stuff off of my face. Now, to American society, that se might seem weird. Some of us may even sit there and be like, I would punch you. If you ever touch me like that, I'll punch you. That, that's, that's how guys respond to one another. But I'll tell you this. As I was sitting there and I was like, oh, man, I can feel it dripping and, and it definitely is going to get on my clothes. And, and he reaches over like I was Jackson. And he's like, <laughs> and he pats me. It's not like he cleans it. He pats me. And thank you, Jesus, he didn't lick his finger like moms used to do. Oh, my gosh. That would have done it. That would have done it. But that's loving deeply. Guys, I, I, I couldn't tell you in, in words It wasn't the act of him making sure food didn't stain my clothing. It was the act that he actually cared enough to make sure I was okay.
Guys, we must, when I say guys, I mean all of us girls, right? Us, us, church body, who is called to love deeply one another. We must start getting to a point where we actually care about one, one another. I mean, Pastor Doug walks in the green room and, and we embrace and a hug together. It, it's just, it's, it's becoming who we are. Cleaning off my face is loving me deeply. I mean, my wife was across. She should have jumped over the table and cleaned it. I'm joking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, on Valentine's Day, she'll do it. In Africa, no. She washed all of our hands. She was amazing. And um, another cultural thing of, of showing love. She would sit there on her, on her knees and pour water into our hands as we washed our hands. Serving us. Little things like that, guys, in a community... I can't tell you how far it goes. Caring for one another is unreal. You know, I, 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 I am blessed by some of the friendships I have. We're supposed to love Christ and be, and be I mean, he should be our best friend. He's who we should be going to, right? But we also have to have one another. The Bible says walk not one mile, but two miles. Walk shoulder to shoulder with somebody. We must have that. You know, this one time, and this, this was Holy Spirit. Don't think that I'm like this stellar guy. Don't forget the cop story that I love my dog biting people. And so, different person, but don't think I'm all perfect because I'm not. But this one time, I drove through Starbucks, and, and this awesome, awesome guy, and, and as I continue to say that, you could probably look across somewhere and see his head continuing to get bigger as I say he's an awesome guy. Um, he comes out and says hi to me while I'm in the drive-thru. And I drive out, and we say bye, see you later. And I start driving out, and I almost get to the exit. I am like actually almost to the exit. And it just seemed right to turn around and go sit down with him and see how he was doing. And so I turn around, I sat, I, I parked, I went in, I, and I sat down. I said, hey, how you doing, man? And we start talking, and I find out that his, his, um, his mom just, just left their living situation that, that she lived with him for a long time and, and flew back home. And... And you know what was amazing is I didn't realize he was going through anything. And I didn't realize he probably just needed a friend at that moment. It means a lot. He hasn't told me that, but I'm assuming it does. Um, I'm assuming it means something to him. It meant something to me. It means something to me when Pastor Doug walks into the prayer room and we, we embrace each other. It means something to me when Taylor texts me and says, hey, dude, can we get together for lunch? I want to see how your trip was. Do not let the American culture rob us of intimacy and rob us of community. It's, the, it's what the devil, if the devil can take away our love for one another, our deep love for one another, he wins. I'm telling you this right now that I know that I know that I know and I can prove it time after time and time after time with Jesus' ministry. He raised Lazarus from the dead because why? He was deeply moved with compassion. Deeply moved with compassion. When we were in Africa, the 13 of us were deeply moved with compassion for people we didn't even know. There's not one of the 13 that I know of that was not deeply moved with compassion for people we didn't know. We have gifts. It is love and compassion that must, that must 
propel those spiritual gifts. That must. Otherwise, why, I would question the person why they're doing them. Guys, we must love one another more than you've ever loved before. And we are going to be a church. Who? We are going to be a church in a very dark place. Oh, Ada County is not that bad, guys. Somebody just thought that. We live in Boise. It's a dark place. It is a dark place. If there weren't children in here, I would start telling you how dark it is from memories of being a cop, of going to places and seeing disgusting things with disgusting places, with disgusting things happening. So trust me when I say Boise and Meridian's not that great. It's a dark and lost place with dark, dark secrets in home after home after home. And you want to know what cancels that out? It's what happened during worship. Love. Compassion. The love and compassion of Christ filled this room when we started singing, he breaks every chain. I can't count how many hands there were across this place that raised their hands and said, yes, I broke free. I have freedom now because of worship and praise to our king, to my best friend, to my best friend. I want to challenge us with this. Guys, he knows everything about you. Because you don't spend time with him doesn't mean he doesn't know. You are not hiding anything from him. I didn't tell him about the police thing, but he knew because he was there because he saved my life. And he knew the other times when somebody was holding a gun and it didn't go off. He saved my life. Guys, he knows about our past, and guess what? You've been forgiven. Unless you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we can talk after. But if you have, you've been forgiven. You've been, the, the, the chain has been broken. You've been washed clean. Best thing in the world. And it's real. It's no, it's no fake or fairy tale. It's real. But I want to challenge you with this. Because it's, it's, it's kind of how he got me. <laughs> My best friend knows everything about me, and he knows all the good future things that holds in the Father's hands for me as long as I love deeply and am obedient. I want to know more about him, my best friend. And I think the more I know about my best friend, I, I, I know this too. Um, I'm not perfect yet. Thank you, Jesus, that my friends in the flesh give me grace. But I know that the more I become best friends with my best friend, the better friend I become to the friends that are actually in skin the more grace I have towards them. I don't know the last time I really got angry at somebody. And the last time I probably did, it was like, oh, and then I went into prayer. Way better than, than cop bill. <laughs> cop bill was not very gracious. And so I want to challenge each of us. Can we as a church body get to know our best friend better? Because he first called us a friend. He first loved us. If we want to change that place out there, the dark place, it starts here. It starts here. Let's, let's not remove the, the, the speck from another's 
before the beam from our own eye, right? It starts here. And, and when you find those good friendships, like, like I've been blessed to have, my wife keeps me extremely accountable um, because we're around each other all the time and she loves me. I know when Jen speaks to me, it's out of love. It's not because she hates me. It's not because she thinks I'm a bad person. It's because she loves me and wants to see me move forward. Wade's the same way. Taylor's the same way. Pastor Doug's the same way. We must have those friend connections that say, I'm here and I love you and I want to make you better. So if we can do that as a church body, what, what do you think the world would start seeing? I want some of that. I want some of that. Because when we start moving in compassion and love, you want to know what else happens? People get out of wheelchairs. The dead get raised. Broken arms get healed. The manifestations of God have to happen. It's his word. Amen? Um, well, that ended different than I thought it was going to end. <laughs> ended better, to be honest. Um, who in here needs a healing? Raise your hand. Cool. Now, now watch this. I see four hands. If there's more than four people that come up forward, I'm going to kick you out of this church. <laughs> Is that okay, Mac? Compassion. Yeah. The compassion will move you right to the parking lot. <laughs> because with compassion comes teaching and correction. Ask my daughters. I compassionately loved them when they were three, four years old, and they would touch the fireplace when we told them not to. The reason I asked that is because I would, like to, I would like to pray for you, but the last time I did this, I saw like six hands, and how many people came up? We were here for a long time, and that's fine, but it's also teaching us, teaching us, the body. There's a reason when a pastor, when a, I'm going to say this, there's e when a minister says who here needs healing, there's a reason they're saying it, and there's a reason, right? The last time I said that was because Holy Spirit actually showed me that you were going to get healed in your seats. But when there was only six, he's like, no, you can now bring them up. He changed on me just like that. I think Holy Spirit, I know Holy Spirit knew there was a whole lot of people out there. So when I said, come forward, all of a sudden, boom, there was like 40, 50 people. And it took like another 50 minutes, which is fine. I'll stay in church all night. We, we, <laughs> we were mad that we had to leave a crusade at 11 in the middle of a jungle. So only six people. Raise your hand. Healing? One, two. No, no, I mean, raise your hand, not be like, hey, I need a T-Rex healing. I need, I need a T-Rex healing. One, two, three, four, five. Amen. So watch this. Why don't you guys stand up? See, and this is what kind of friend we serve. He's a friend. Amen. He's a friend. And he compassionately loves us. If you, if you see somebody standing around you, and this is the body of Christ. The body of believers have gifts. The body was given gifts to heal one another, to be used for one another in love. So if you see somebody standing up, there's one, two, three, four, five, six people standing up. I want you to just, and it's going to be quick. I want you to go and put your hand on them. Turn around. If you're just close to them, turn around and put your hand on them. And we're going to pray really fast and watch because Jesus doesn't need like 15 minutes. 
It was done on the cross just like that. So watch how cool this is. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. I command that pain and sickness to be gone right now in Jesus' name. Break every chain, every bondage, every fear with your perfect love, with your perfect love. Healing from head to toe, clarity. Yep, that fogginess and that, that thought process, that fogginess is gone in Jesus' name. Clarity right there. In Jesus' name, thank you for the healing. Amen. 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 Who got healed? Uno, dos. Is there some way, this, we're going African style real fast. Um, is there any way that you guys can know that you got healed? Is there something you can do? Sheena, what can you do? What could you not do before? Move your ankle? Yeah, take that boot off because healed people don't wear boots. I don't care. Healed in Jesus' name. See, there's, te- there's power in a testimony of saying, okay, you were once sick. Jesus always said, now go tell. Go tell. Go to the city and tell them you're healed. Amen. Move that, move that ankle. Come on. Come on. Come on. We serve a real God. We serve a real God that's going to change this nation. We serve a real God that is our best friend. I mean, if, if my brother in flesh will reach over and dap some, I don't even know what type of food it was. What would Jesus not do for us? You know what I'm saying? And there were other miracles on this trip, other miracles day after day, multiple times a day from regular people, from church people, laying hands on church people. He's yearning, yearning for your hands and your feet to reach out to the dark, to bring your light that he lives in you. He's yearning for it. He can't wait for it. He can't wait for it. Um, with, 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 with Tom, I, I so want to tell other stories, but Miss Jillian just walked out, so I'm going to save that story. There was a miracle that happened with, with Brother Wade on this trip. And um, so Brother Wade is a germaphobe. He has four children with his wife and will not and has not ever shared a drink with his wife. Never. My man off a wooden spoon in Africa with ice cream and I ate half of him, slobbered all over it. And I said, Wade, you want some? It's really good. And my, my man over here had so much faith that day. It was like this. He's like, And I'm like, Tim, get, get the video. You got to video this, Tim. This is huge. And Wade's sitting in this. He's sitting in the front of the bus. And he's like. <sighs> and he is literally turning red. And he's like, no, guys, seriously, this is huge. And he looks at me as though he's like seeing if anything's infected. And he's like. <sighs> I did it. I did it. Saw a miracle happen. I took one more bite and I said, hey, dude, do you want the other half? He's like, yeah. My man shared food for the first time and guess who it was with? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. That's friendship. That's deep love right there. I wish Miss Jillian was here to hear that. Let's close in prayer, all right? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this, man, for this night that we had joy, that bondages were broken away, 
And freedom came one more time, like it always does, time and time again. It's who you are. Jesus, you're our best friend. You've always shown us a way. When we thought we were blocked in, when we thought we didn't have a way out, you've always shown us a way out if we would just go to you first. If we would seek you first in prayer, we probably wouldn't have to go ask for advice by a man because you're our best friend and you have a plan. Holy Spirit, you love on every single one of us tonight. You love on moms. You love on husbands. You love on relationships. You love on the children. You love in this community like never before. And love on our pastors on vacation on this Valentine's Day. God, you get all the glory. And Father, as, as we walk out and we give our tithes and offering, you press down, shake it together, and let it flow over. Abundantly flowing over the finances to the kingdom. We give you all the glory. And God, I just thank you for the joy tonight. I thank you for the joy tonight and the freedom. The freedom in your name, Jesus. And all his people said, yeah. amen. Amen. I almost want Brother Mickey to sing that song again. And I almost want ice cream. <laughs> Mickey, why don't you sing that song as people leave? Is that cool? What a friend. If you want to stay a little bit, stay a little bit. Um, if you want to go. Go be blessed, man. Go be blessed. Amen?